You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. This is an incredible week. We have so much to go through and so much to talk about. Um, and we have uh, guests that we've been anticipating and you know, waiting to come on for like like three weeks, almost a month now. Um, and we have her on. Nava Hopkins is coming, which is going to be like a huge amount of fun. But we have her coming on in a week when so much happened. We could build hours of radio out of any given story that came up. Dave, how you doing, man? <laughs> I, I'm doing great. I mean, these are the sorts of weeks that, that are just like super exciting for an SEO, right? And you, you nailed it. I'm like, so much has happened. It's been an exciting week. And we've got an amazing guest that for, for listeners who are like regular listeners, a person who I'm like, and this person knows way more than I do about paid search. We need to have her on like a month ago. And, and, and now we've got her on. So this is like, I'm, I'm stoked. And uh, but let's blast through some news. Okay. And some of this we can chat with her about because she knows lots about a variety of things. OK, first thing I think we should start with is uh, the, the Google, the stuff that came out of Google search on search on steroids conference. Um, remember a couple of weeks ago, like, like we reported that Google was having a conference that nobody could get into. And yep. so they're going to have a conference that a lot more people could get into. Mm-hmm. They had it. It was called search on. And again, it should have been called search on steroids because Google um, pretty much announced what I think a lot of people knew was already happening, but Google sort of gave away the um, breadth of it, the the, 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 the the scope of what it's doing with artificial intelligence with BERT, um, which incidentally now covers any query that like goes through the system. Um, 
with ability to understand language, uh, pull passages out of like an, uh, like paragraphs out of like entire pages of content, um, figure out misspellings, including like bizarre misspellings that only I could possibly make. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, like, wow, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it was interesting. It got off. I, I watched the video, of course, and it got off to a bit of a slow start. And then I was like, holy cow, wait, holy cow, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and, and it was just one thing after another and the way they were talking about it just like yeah and this is going on passages was probably the most interesting to me um mm-hmm. and, and something worth noting for our listeners it, it, for those sort of paying attention on, on the web um and probably hearing about passages and i saw a couple of these two where they're like and here's an example and this sucks um passages no. feature snippets right yeah well exactly and and danny sullivan came out going no it's not life. What you're seeing is not passages. That's featured snippets. It's been around forever. <laughs> I mean, you okay, worded so it nicer than that. Really quickly, we don't, we don't, we don't have time for any nice to or nothing. What's the difference between passages and featured snippets? Right. I mean, part of this is just guessing, but passages is the idea that they can now rank a page based on just a subset of content. So if I am asking a query that is answered by part of a page, they will no longer have to rank the page. I'm viewing yeah. it sort of like the, you click on a featured snippet, it texts you down to that spot. I love this because it'll let us create longer pages of content for users who want a thorough understanding, but then jump that user to specific subsets of information for more specific queries. Listeners should remember that Google is trying to react to and anticipate a world where like people are, are, are scrolling downwards on uh, mobile devices and not clicking links to get to the next page of content because that takes a lot more bandwidth and blah, blah, slower and it's a, a crappier experience in the mobile environment, even though it might make sense uh, hier- hierarchically speaking in a desktop environment. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like Seriously, webmasters have a whole new way they got to look at what they're presenting to uh, how they're presenting information and how that information is being absorbed by users. Eh? It really is. And it's, 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 I've never been more excited um, than in the past, like six months with, with things that have been, I mean, okay. Basically since 2015, when rank brain started to roll out, but I mean, ever since then, it's been really, really interesting, but it's getting more and more and more interesting from the standpoint of we get to now do things that we always wanted to do which is we actually get to write the content in the way in the format that actually makes the most sense and go i don't need to create a page for each subset of information mm-hmm. eventually with passages and and the way things will structure google will get that and and i think the the world of spa single page apps is 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 coming right yeah, i yeah. mean it, it just makes sense um and the multi-page i mean that's that's fine i'm not saying that's dead by any stretch of the imagination but being able to rank just these snippets, I think is super exciting. It's what we sort of envisioned with Flash in the early 2000s and what Google could do maybe, right? Like when they were like, we can index Flash because it was small chunks of, of, of an experience. They failed, mm-hmm. but it appears they're finally sort of getting it now. We'll see. I mean, Passages hasn't rolled out. So let's, let's wait and see because they said they could do stuff before, but they seem to pretty much be able to do stuff. And this one makes such sense that even if they failed out of the gate, they're going to refine this. It's a heck of a limb to march yourself out on. I'm pretty sure they know which side of the saw blade they're on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really, really sure on this time, just again, because of the, the um, how, how out they were with the announcement. And again, thinking about this is all reaction to the new environment in, 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 in which people are uh, getting information from them. Um, okay. Uh, 
canonically speak, like Google's getting itself together, canonically speaking, anyway. Uh, prob- apparently, all of its uh, or most of its problems figuring out which is the best representation of any given document in its uh, or object in its uh, in its index. It's figured that one out for ninety nine percent of the literally trillions of things in its index. So mostly figured out. <laughs> mostly. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, these are always, I mean, this This is an area where I, I can just see the little like black hats. And, and I mean, I used to sort oh, of gosh, ride that line so back as an affiliate fun. marketer. And I'm like, oh, you could, you could actually have some fun here with a big page of legit content. And then this snippet of just like sort of crud, but you could wrap it in bigger. Like, I, I, I think, I think Google is going to hit more problems than they might think. But they may have anticipated this already and be be just just golden. Now, one of the things that came out of search on that I think they're going to have problems with um, is the fashion suggestions. I can't remember the, the sort of te- well, it wasn't even a technical term, but what they they specifically were referring to it as, but basically like taking a picture of a thing and it'll show you similar styles and things that you might be interested in. Something I'm predicting um, that we're going to see in that, and it's it's supposed to launch, I believe, in November. Um, is that we're going to see a very, very heavy bias um, declared. And, and I think it's going to be interesting for us because it's going to be taking fashion based on what this AI has seen mm-hmm. in other images around the web. Anybody who's ever viewed business person on, on a stock photo site knows the bias that we are teaching these systems, right? You, you will know. Um, and so I have a hunch we are going to see somebody take a picture of a hat and all of a sudden you're going to see it in very, very specific contexts and things. Here's a, here's the fun question. This is like a, a thought problem to work through, if you will. You know how quickly Google like uh, creates, creates and destroys its own stuff? Um, do you think Google will like let this exist long enough to actually learn what it's doing or just as the algorithm is about to get it? The AI is about to figure out this is what it means. Boom, it's killed. I, yeah. I can so see that would be such a googly thing to have happen. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah, okay, that 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 really would be. Um, I mean, okay. this is all. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go. I know. I'm sorry. We got to jump to antitrust yeah. because um, yeah. we are approaching break time in about four minutes, and there's no possible way we could uh, encapsulate the antitrust case in four minutes. And then we have Nava coming on, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. So the biggest antitrust case in a generation, like rivaling AT and well, rivaling what they did to Bell Telephone, is coming up. Um, is coming up any moment. Um, I'm sorry, it's coming up. Uh, Dave just punked me with a with a fun background. Um, the biggest antitrust case in a generation is coming up. Uh, uh, the Department of Justice basically threw down the gauntlet at Google saying you got over 80% of the search market, over 60% of the online ad spend, you invade user privacy to control the market, you feature self-referential references to SIME competition, and most most egregiously, you're using distribution agreements to knock competitors way out of the market. They're talking about breaking Google up and... um, people who actually know how the internet works are reacting to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not as easy as, as they say, but at the same time, I, I get where they're going. I mean, you, you, you look at um, Greg Sterling just covered a piece earlier today um, on the way they're moving to balanced personalization and privacy. It's a wonderful thing as an, as somebody, and we can chat with NAB about these sorts of things and um, where, 
we're losing third-party cookies. And, and what does that mean to personalization and targeting and, and things like that? Um, there's a study that Greg Sterling covered over on SEL um, on, on cohorts and creating cohorts and, and some advancements Google's making into creating that personalization without identifying, right? But at the same time, we're talking about antitrust and going, okay, if Google is ahead of the game, if Google has this system where only they can do this, all of a sudden, now they're knocking out competitors left, right, and center. They control one of the most significant browsers in the market right now, and they have all the personalization and cohort capabilities. And are they going to open that to anybody who wants access to it for free? Because that's what they'd have to do to get around the, the anti, antitrust sort of side of things. I think they're kind of adding to their own problem with this. Um, and it's something that I'd be bringing up and going, it's about to get worse. In, in my in my opinion, and they're not the ones that caused it. I mean, they were following like Apple and Mozilla's lead. Like, they didn't cause this problem, but they're positioning <laughs> themselves to crush more competitors again in it. And and I don't blame them. They're a company. That's what they should so, do. But well, are they actually are they actually positioning themselves to crush competitors, or is just their size, their existence? the way they operate day to day without, without actually intending to crush competitors, but just doing what they do with the removal of, uh, of third-party cookies and Google's obvious advantage on everybody else and figuring out um, pathways around that, you reckon they're going to, you know, is it, is it that they're trying to knock competitors out of the market or is just sort of the way it works when you compete against something that big? You know what? I think I think we have an an or question being asked where an and answer is probably actually the right one. Where yes, they they can't help themselves because this is the environment they're now being sort of placed in. Apple, Mozilla were already doing it. They didn't invent this, and their behemoth size and research capabilities and data collection systems just crush everybody else. So they can't sort of help but dominate. But they're going to have to come up with a way of going, and we have all these cohorts, and they're all everybody's. Here's the API. If they want to get themselves around this, um, and then just trust that they will better use it in their system. But like I have, and I have a hunch they might do that and go, if we don't give this away, we're going to crush every competitive, like competitor to our advertising. And then we will really have antitrust competition. Like, if, if I only one platform could properly personalize, I know where I'm going, right? <laughs> like... Indeed. It is, um, there's a whole can of worms of questions opened when you even think about an antitrust case against, I mean, not even can, it's a whole case of cans of worms that get open when you think of an antitrust case against Google. Things we know for certain, this is going to take years and years and years to unravel. Chances are, uh, it's going to be a decade or more before any decision could come down if something were to start today. And if something were to start today, we also know that it's very likely to continue no matter who wins uh, the election uh, anywhere between November 3rd and January 20th. Um, doesn't matter if Biden wins or Trump wins, this case from the DOJ is almost certainly going to go forward and continue to go forward because there's ample evidence that it should go forward the remedy is the question right um 
Okay, on that, we have uh, gotten to the point, we're going to take a break here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, but when we come back, we have a special guest, uh, seriously, seriously fun guest we've been waiting for, for for weeks to come on, Nava Hopkins, the Director of Paid Media at Hennessy Digital. Um, she's an international speaker, she's well known in the, in the uh, SEO and PPC circuits, and she's here on Webcology after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony. Trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. For the first time in 37 years, Miami-Dade College's week-long celebration of books and writers in downtown Miami, the Miami Book Fair, will be a virtual event for eight days between November 15th and November 22nd, 2020. As the nation's largest and oldest collection of literati, Miami Book Fair 2020 hosts a growing list of more than 200 authors, poets, and moderators in conversation, including poet and novelist Margaret Atwood, novelists Jody Picoult, Dean Koontz, James McBride, Terry McMillan, Lee Child, singer Lenny Kravitz, actress Natalie Portman, CNN commentator Jeffrey Tubin, poet laureate Joy Harjo, environmental activist Aaron Brockovich, YA sensations Tiffany D. Jackson and David Yoon, among many others. Access to all of Miami Book Fair's 2020 programs will be free the entire week of the fair, November 15th to the 22nd, 2020. A free and civil registration is all that will be required. For more information, please visit MiamiBookFairOnline.com. That's MiamiBookFairOnline.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 22nd of October 2020, week whatever in the like ongoing COVID uh, crisis slash lockdown slash oh my god, this is real, wash your hands, wear a mask, don't spread the disease and take care of your neighbors. Um, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and we got an exciting guest. We have Nava Hopkins, who's the... Uh, Director of Paid Media at Hennessy Digital. She uh, she was the uh, service innovation strategist and team leader for five years at WordStream. She's been uh, with Hennessy since January 2020, which I think is kind of interesting given the massive shift she ha- must have had to take somewhere. I don't know. The cosmos shifted. Yeah, I think. <laughs> uh, Nava, welcome to uh, to Webcology. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, when, when Dave asked, do you want to come on and, and, and rant about PPC? It's like, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> well, uh, you, 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 you're one of those guests that we actually should have had on quite a while ago. Um, 
but now that now that we're looking at your bio and notice that you started with Hennessy in like January 2020, and um, that's a challenging job. There's a lot to a lot a lot a lot to keep track of, and just as you're getting used to the chair you're sitting in, everything everything goes so fast. What, what's that kind of shift like? Like to make a massive career shift and then have that turn upside down so fast? What's what's that like? So it, it's interesting. Um, for for a long time in my career, um, I've always been an individual contributor, um, a, a good one. Uh, but it's always just been individual contributor. Um, and so, taking the role at, at Hennessy meant sh- still keeping my individual contributor chops while also building out and managing a team. And so. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful that the people I, I work with um, are all, I, I like to call us, uh, we're all dragons. We all work really hard. We, we are, are all really clever. We, we, we don't try to hide how good we are. Um, but also, um, we're, we're all so customer centric that even with all this, this calamity that's been going on this year, uh, we're, we're very lucky that we have clients that are on board with us uh, for the ride. And we've also been able to really achieve some wins for them in spite of the times. Um, I've one client that I, I kind of started with um, around the same time as, as I joined Tennessee and they actually posted some of their best months this year, period. So just because COVID is happening and just because tables are turning in terms of what kind of data we have uh, available to us, what ad formats we have available to us, it, there, there's hope. If you take nothing else away from this conversation, there is hope, there is a path forward. Uh, so that's that's what it was like. I noticed uh, sometime around, I think, June or July, looking through analytics, I could mm-hmm. see the economy take a nosedive and then start seeing it rebuild itself, Sounds fall back. a little mm-hmm. bit, rebuild itself, fall a little bit. We're seven months, eight months now? Seven months, I think. Um, do the math, math, the monthly math there. Um are you seeing that with clients now? Are you, are you seeing a um, upward swing in traffic, which I guess uh, sort of equates to economic activity? Uh, so it's, uh, I, I will preface this with uh, Hennessy Digital. Uh, we, we do a lot of work, and I promise this is the last bit of uh, shameless self-promotion <laughs> I'll do. Uh, we're, we're an agency that focuses predominantly on lawyers, uh, so there's a lot of lead gen. Uh, we have a couple of other industries in there as well, but we're predominantly lead gen uh, for lawyers. And so there was that initial downturn that that we all felt um but what's been interesting is that there's we've seen the uptick but it's not been in the conventional uh the 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 conventional services so a lot of our lawyers uh do work work in uh or look for auto accident cases and what's been interesting is that the the ones that have done well have actually shifted to focusing more on uh, workers comp um focusing more on mass torts focusing more on class action um, because you don't have to be on the road to be a viable customer. Um, and so it, it was just being clever enough to and, and to have your account set up so that you can move your budgets around to focus on those different service areas. Um, and then also targeting markets appropriately and not kind of painting with that same uh, wide brush. I'm going to put X, the same amount of dollars I was putting in last year in the same campaign, just be, being a little bit more focused on what's going on in the moment this quarter, not this year, but this quarter, and even this month, the, the, the amount of agility that, that people have had to, to adapt is, 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 or adopt is definitely there. Well, now what, 
Okay, there's there's like just so many different different directions to to go here, but um, let let's let's go back to the beginning because that's going to take us to to the sure. end. So March April hits, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, no, so to keep this not not targeted just on on the clients that you were serving because you know we we got we got a big audience, but this isn't going to be the this hasn't been the first crisis moment, and, and every business might have them, and, and we will have more. Not even like 2008 kind of crisis, but you know. It, these things sorts of happen hitting the ground. You're, you're, you're sort of new there, but you're new there, but that's kind of irrelevant. You've got like a decade of like hardcore experience. You've been on like, you you know what you're doing and I'm sure they knew that. So what are you telling people? Crisis happens. What are you telling your clients? And then what do you tell your, your, your boss and and peers (laughs) around you? Sure. So um, the first thing is don't pause the campaigns. Um, that was the, a really big pitfall that a lot of folks fell into, and then they had a terrible time getting back out of that learning period pit. Um, and the reason for that is that it's actually better. And I'm, I'm watching Jim nod. And I'm like, yeah, hell, hell yeah, keep 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 that, that that data going. Don't lose your spot. Exactly, man. Well, it's not just don't lose your spot. Um, the the performance gains that you'll see from having say a five ten dollar a day budget if you were say running a three to, to four thousand dollar a day budget or even a, a hundred dollar a day budget and, and going down to say five dollars ten dollars a day just to keep the, the campaign running when you go back up to your normal levels of spend you might have a couple of days where it needs to relearn, but you'll ultimately be fine. The campaigns that paused in spite of, of us warning and saying, don't do this, it's a bad idea, don't do it. Um, it took about two months to get back to anywhere close uh, to, to reasonable. So the biggest takeaway um, when a crisis hits is to, to take a step back, breathe, remember that there, there'll be multiple crises. You don't want to sabotage, uh, especially on the Google ad side, your campaigns. This is not necessarily true on the Facebook side. Uh, Facebook has a lot more uh, comfort when it comes to starting something new. In fact, it's better to start new things on Facebook, whereas on Google, Google loves old data. Um, so don't pause campaigns when you're in crisis mode. Lower the budget so that you can retain your data. Um, the second biggest thing uh, is to remember that at the end of the day, what matters is is that you're talking to your customers in a way that that they'll respond to you. So uh, a, a very big mistake a lot of folks made is that they kept their same ad copy running um, and their same messages running uh, three, four weeks into us being in shutdown. And, and that's just, I, I feel bad calling anyone stupid. We'll, we'll, we'll call it... Um, willfully ignorant and, and maybe not having as much of a work ethic to, to adapt your, your creative. Um, because at the end of the day, if you tell someone, um, we'll come to you for a car accident, but the roads are closed, everyone's in quarantine, like the more interesting message is uh, virtual appointments available. Um, just, just a slight adjustment to accommodate for, for what's going on in the real world you'll come across as more genuine and, and all will be well. So those those are the, I think the two most important lessons from the crisis moment. Um, yeah. Now coming out now, okay. So they've taken your advice or not, right? Or like, not. I mean, because you know, as, and I mean, sometimes that happens where they're coming to you. I mean, they've, they've shut down. Now they're looking for a new agency as they're starting to come out, right? Like that, that happens, right? Like people lost clients and, and mm-hmm. then those clients are, are coming back now. What 
what do you do now? So, so we're, we're more prone to put a, an, an optimistic message, even in areas and minds, one of them where things are starting to flare up a little bit. It's like, well, people are tired of hearing like, you know, it, it's maybe they should be hearing the same, the same message. Cause it didn't like lock in there, but they don't, they're tired of it. And I'm a marketer still. And I owe my clients what's going to work for them. Not, you know, what the health not broadcast that I should be doing. Um, so how do you now work with those clients that have been shut down? What, what are some strategies that maybe our, our listeners could take to go, okay, I'm ready to scale up. Really, so like I'm, I'm ready to hit this again. And we're heading into the holidays. I need to. It, it depends on whether you're a local, national, or international brand. Um, if you're truly a local brand, um, the most important thing you can do um, is weave in uh, signals uh, from a content standpoint, from a targeting standpoint, uh, that, that really key in that you are a local member of the community, that you, you're really using your creative to your advantage. On the national side, um, it really does uh, matter that you're thinking about your hubs of customers and, and you're thinking about how people are searching, the auction prices associated, uh, and that you're targeting uh, appropriately. And this is like the most common pitfall. Um, it, it's actually one that like, really grinds my gears. We talk about grinding gears. Um, Google serves ads in the time zone uh, of the account, not the user. Microsoft ads, you have a choice. It can be in the time zone of the user or the time zone of the account. That's a, that's a new thing with Microsoft ads. Um, almost everyone will serve their ads 24 seven and then be really upset when they run out of budget or the, the, the delivery isn't to the best people. So you wanna think about setting up your, your campaigns when they first start with a kind of midnight to 6 a.m., 6 a.m., uh, to noon, noon to 6 p.m., 6 p.m. to midnight. So you can start to see what are the, the buckets um, of traction. Um, and then you can go from there. If you know already what your best hours are, um, start with that, but be be mindful of the time zone that you're targeting. So if you're targeting me, fast speaking East Coast Nava, um, you probably, and, and you're a West Coast customer, you're gonna have to start your campaigns uh, on the earlier side. Um, so that you you hit me on the East Coast. Um, if you're targeting uh, Dave uh, with, with his lackadaisical uh, West Coast sensibilities, uh, <laughs> but you're on the East Coast, you have to start them on, on, the, on the earlier side or rather the later side. Um, so you just, you wanna be mindful of uh, the time zone of your account, um, scheduling, things like that. Um, if you're international, and, and this is um, so, 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 so important, really be mindful that you've taken the time to, and, and this is actually true also on the national side, um, if you're targeting uh, different languages, uh, that, that you've translated not just your account with a native speaker, but that it's it's in the slang, the colloquialisms um, of that group, and that you're, you've really taken into account that you're not just translating your market um, to the country, you're, you're translating your product in a way that people in that market will, will be excited about. Um, it is important to note that some of the audiences, some of the targeting, some of the levers that you have at your disposal in the US and Canada are not gonna be available to you um, in, in other markets. Um, local service ads is a big one. Um, uh, I, I kind of hold it over uh, our, our uh, collective friend, Jim Banks, that we can do this uh, in the US and he can't do it in the UK. Uh, is targeting those uh, local service ads. So you um, just have the number reviews and it's it's actually much cheaper than traditional search. So um, 
that long rant, some, the, the, the too long don't read to that is just be mindful about your targets. Um, and, and really, this is the same advice you would have heard from me last year. It's just doubly, triply important where you could kind of get away with it last year if you were had a big, big enough budget or your campaign was old enough. Nowadays, you, you really do have to be mindful about your targets. Yeah, you, you talked about about big budgets and those are, are are the biggest bleeders that I've ever seen. So like where it's just, just like, oh, all the waste just gets hidden over there. So <laughs> I'm not going to reveal who this was, but I found out in, in, a, in a client audit that by someone bidding on all the different variants of exact match, they were wasting $35,000 a month. Um, just, just 35,000, just pause the keywords and, 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 and you have that, that much more fuel. Well, and I, I mean, that's, that's, we, we would see completely eye to eye on that. This is about, you know, cost per acquisition and ROI. This is not about, did you show up for a query that you entered once, right? Like, and paid like $28 for that click. But anyway, we can go on. You know what? Maybe after the break, we'll circle back to rants because I got some on holidays and I got some on Google announcements that we're, we're, we're going to get to. Um, but but let's stay on the lighter side here because we're being optimistic on the first half and we'll go pessimistic on the last <laughs> half. Hidden gems. Because you were alluding to cheaper clicks and, and things like that in, in earlier comments. What are some sort of hidden areas or, or or hidden strategies or extensions or, or 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 campaign types that you think most people are are missing when they come they just don't have them and you're like but that's where there's this secret roi that if you just turn it so on lo local um if you do not have your, your google my business set up and synced into your ad account you're doing yourself an incredible disservice uh the local search ad format uh tends to be cheaper than traditional uh text ads and call ads it's the sponsored spot above the uh the organic uh map pack uh and that's your location extension this is a great way for the seos and the ppcs in the room to get together and work together and and and, and be be a unified in profit um, another really important one is in your account settings uh, if you are not gonna be uh, really meticulous about your creative, uh, feel free to leave Google creating ads and extensions for you on. Um, they're, they're kind of average, they'll, they'll do okay. Um, for everyone else, turn that off. Um, you don't wanna add something in there that, that you didn't write and that don't comply with your brand standards. Um, another really important setting uh, that that is oftentimes uh, mistaken for click fraud um, is that people don't go under the advanced section for locations um, and do specifically people in the target location. Uh, hi, Mary. Um, uh, and if you don't set that, you're eligible to come up for people all over just because someone showed interest in the thing or uh, searched for it. So um, definitely check that. I mentioned ad schedules. Uh, that's that's a, a very common one. Um, in the search terms report, uh, this is probably the most important thing that you can do from a search standpoint. Uh, and I know I'm not talking about the thing that you asked me to talk about. Uh, I'll save that for, for later because it's, it's, it's probably a good segue for something that you want. Um, in search terms, make sure that you pull in your column for keyword so that you can see the matched by and how many of those close variants are happening. Um, so how I found the, that $35,000 a month of wasted spend was because I was able to pull the keyword matched by um, and see whether it was exact, close variant or exact. Um, and so just by being able to see what keywords are causing what queries, granted we can't see that full report anymore. Um, depending on your level of spend, you should still be able to see something. 
um, that that's a, a really powerful gem. Uh, and then I know Dave wants to talk about discovery ads. We can talk. We can talk about those. If oh like. no, no, you, you've got me going different directions altogether. We can talk about discovery later, but um, you're you're making me go. Okay, you know what? Maybe we'll we'll tease with some some going into the into the the pessimism side because we we've only got a few minutes before I I know we have to go to break, but. I think we have a good rant coming on on this one. So you, you talked about queries and you talked about query matches and we had our exact and, and I think Google's gone a little, you do not, that word does not mean what you think it means on exact match now, right? Like where, it, where no, no, the match types <laughs> don't matter. Match, so it's match types are literally whose line is it anyway? It, that, that's that's, that's, uh, that's what it's turned into. And, and it now, doesn't matter. now they're, they're not even showing us what all the queries um, that they're, that they're, they're charging me for. So basically like I I've gone to McDonald's, I'd ordered 80 different things. I gave them some money and they went, we filled a bag full of stuff. Here's five of them and or on the receipt and, and the rest of them, you're just going to have to trust us. That's sort of how, how I'm viewing that one. What do you think Nava? So um, I'm going to begin this by being fair to Google. Um, we're we're going to begin by being fair to Google. You still will be able to see all of your data according to your keyword. So if you bid on the keyword um, happiness and profit on Modbroad and whatever impressions and clicks happened that would have matched by happiness and profit, you will still see that data in, in the keyword section. What you specifically won't see if there isn't enough search volume by the amount that Google has specified that they haven't told us is in the search terms report. So it's very possible that you'll have spent um, $3,000 on a given keyword, but you'll only be able to see $1,500 or $2,000 worth of that spend. So why I struggle with that is a very big part of account management is auditing um, conversion quality. And so if conversion quality, I no longer can look at my search terms and say, hey, these were the conversions you're getting. Do you agree? Are they right? Um, and I can only say this was the keyword that caused it. Eh. Um, Another shameless plug for my content. Um, I just did uh, an Ask the PBC um, specifically about this topic. One way that you can kind of fight this is with the, U with the UTM parameter um, to pull in the matched by. So granted, you are still not going to be able to have perfect, perfect um, conversion auditing, query auditing, but you'll at least be able to see what was the keyword and how was it matched by to get kind of a sense, was this exact close variant? Was it a mod broad or was it a broad match? Was it a phrase, phrase close variant? Like what was Google doing with this? Um, and then you can kind of look at your form fills or look at your calls and kind of get a sense of what was going on. Um, but yeah, I'm, I started off being kind of like whatever, we still get some of our data. Um, and then I turned into this is, this is silly because along with that da data, and this is definitely something we can talk about in the latter half, um, bidding went nuts this year. Like the automatic bidding, I did a whole course about how automatic bidding is not terrible. And then all of the things blew up and I feel terrible about it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it, there's, there's a lot there. Well, and one of my problems that I hit is you look through that search queries report and there may be 20 phrases that each only have one term in them. Right? Yeah. Like they only have one. So now you wouldn't see them, but that word is free in all 20. And I would now know to negative the word free, but it now won't appear at all because each one only had one query. It's, you know, just using the enhanced plot or something. It's not enough. Yeah. It didn't cross that threshold. 
And that's but then where my randomly, you'll have like these random one-offs that you see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have to jump in. I, I we got we got to hit a break. There's, a, there's okay. tons more to cover in a few moments. So, friends, you are listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We got Nava Hopkins sitting in the guest seat, and we're going to be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 22nd of October, 2020. Uh, quick uh, housekeeping note. State of Search is coming up next week, coming from the great state of cyberspace. It's going to be a virtual conference this week or this this year. Um, but it's really exciting. Um are tickets still available, Dave? Like, can you still sign up for it? You you can at uh, statusearch.org. And uh, by the as we're as we're closing out, I'll, I'll dig it up. I actually have a thirty five dollar off uh, promo code. Um, okay. Um. So check this space or the cyber equivalent of this space. Um. We'll have a, a promo code for you. Status Search Monday and Tuesday next week. Um. I guess coming from Dallas, but not ready this year. <laughs> okay, we have Nava Hopkins in the uh, in the guest seat. Um, to recap, Nava is the director of paid media at Hennessy Digital, Internet, and she's a known international speaker. She spent five years at WordStream as a service innovation strategist. And uh, Nava, you started your career as an SEO, and you moved into PPC. And um, I'm wondering how many of the skills you brought from SEO are, are were transferable as uh, as you've moved forward since 2012 as a as a PPC expert. So it's interesting. Um, the skills that, that are transferable are, are the business ops skills, uh, the general marketing uh, ideas. So understanding 
how many uh, leads a customer can can handle in a week, and, and where could that number grow to with any without any operational change? Uh, what is the core messaging of the brand, and what kind of content uh, we, we we can do? Uh, so, uh, full disclosure, uh, I got out of SEO uh, right around when directory started to get punished for some some bad tactics, and I, I got out of it because <laughs> I was concerned about some of those bad tactics. Um, what's interesting, uh, working, uh, at Hennessy, which is an SEO first agency, um, the things that we partner on a lot, the SEOs in the room, uh, and, and my team, we, we do a lot of query sharing. Um, so, uh, the content that, uh, they'll produce for clients to, to help with their, the organic strategy, um, is very often influenced by well, what converted on the paid side. You have so um, much more access to, to, to what's actually working. <laughs> Well, going back to what Dave and I were talking about just before the break, we'll see how long that that access lasts. Um, I, I think one of the reasons why I wasn't broken upon news as opposed to, uh, I guess, how, how now it, it currently is, sh is shaking out is um, with Search Console, you get some data or you get no data in the analytics. You, there's a whole lot of unknowns. So I think... Both SEOs and PPCs, we have areas where we've been spoiled for a very long time, and, and we're all kind of coming to a reckoning where what are we actually entitled to, how much data are we, are we actually entitled to, versus how much um, do we have to kind of adapt and, and get used to using new data sets. So that's, I think, just being being able to deal with the fact that I'm not going to always get what I want just because I'm paying for it. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I took from my SEO days is, is that that transparency is, is almost never there. Wow. And you, you sound like a dream client. I, I'm okay not getting what I asked for, even though I'm paying for it. <laughs> I am much meaner with Google than you are. I'm like, nope, I got it when you did it to organic because I wasn't paying for it, but screw you when I am. But you're obviously just a kinder, kinder human being. I, I'm just a jaded Canadian. So <laughs> um, I, 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 something I, I've got to like, we, we sort of talk about hidden gems and, and you, you, you were right before we went to break. You're like, I, I think I know where you want to go. So I'm going to drag us there to make sure we, we, we okay. cover it. And that's discovery. Mm -hmm. um, like it, it's one of my favorite campaign types right now for very, very specific clients. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's basically people in, you know, younger demographics on mobile trying to kill time. Like basically my Facebook people, but younger. <laughs> like, and on Android, right? Or, or in Google environments. What, what, what's your take on on, I think, on the discovery area? I think one of the, the real benefits that Google has with the discovery campaign is how integrated Google properties and audiences are. Um, so where Facebook, you kind of have to jerry-rig your audiences. Um, you have to pull in a lot uh, to, to really get that full experience on the Google, the Google side, um, YouTube's already connected. You, you have search console linked into your Google ads accounts. Like there, there's that, that data feeding in there. Um, you, you have your Gmail leading in there. You have, now we have the discovery section. So it's, there, there's so much interconnectivity. So the, the ability to get off the ground and, and kind of get it right with less, less being perfectly on the nose, uh, the first time, I, I think it's, it's easier. Whereas with other channels, 
you have to really know that channel and what the mechanics are mechanics are of that audience and it's that yeah that's that's my my rambling rant about discovery so it actually sort of goes into something Jim and I were talking about earlier where Google wins because they win, right? Because it's not their fault that they will crush everything that they do. Just they just have them. more data than anybody short of God. So there you are, right? Like they, they, they can't suit. help it. Antitrust suit. There, And that's the story we were chatting about earlier where that, that sort of started to come in. Now, something I would be totally remiss not to, not to cover here. And it's, kind of too late in a lot of ways for most SEO things to even be going Black Friday's coming, right? Like if you're trying to get your holiday SEO strategy sorted out by now, well, I, I hope mean, it's, it's late but... for PPC too. Like if you don't have your Black Friday strategy done, what, what were you doing all summer? Okay. So let's say somebody comes to you right now and goes, I don't have my Black Friday strategy sorted out. Go. What, what, what do you like for, for people who and may not have, you know, SMBs, right? Like, right. Oh, well, let me let me ask. Are we talking about D to C or direct to consumer? Are we talking about a true e-commerce site or are we talking about yeah, okay. the random legions? Like what what what, what would let's, we're probably let's... talking um, uh, direct to cons- like, like business to consumer because we're talking about holiday season and retail and, and you know, some some businesses struggling for survival. So uh, first and foremost, we'd want to make sure that our landing page experiences, particularly our site speed, um, is, is really on point. Um, one of the, the biggest issues that I've seen hit folks across the board, regardless of, of what vertical you're in, uh, because we're all home now, we're all using a lot more uh, internet broadband, um, site speed has never been more important, particularly down south um, in the US, where uh, internet speeds are slow to begin with. And if your site isn't prepared to handle the influx of the people that are going to be shopping during the Black Friday, Cyber Monday uh, phenomenon, you're setting yourself up to fail. There's nothing, nothing, nothing worse than having your site crash uh, during that period. So just make sure that your site speed is fine. Um, I'm not going to get into the the tech um, because that that could be a whole other conversation, but that's just audit your site speed. Uh, There's free tools. uh, Check the the Google site developer. uh, GMTX, uh, take a look. The other thing that I would take a look at is in terms of how you are positioning your product, um, are you looking to get, like, is this really when you're doing all of your business? Or is this kind of a soft nurturing people into a subscription? Like, what's what's the business model? Um, because sometimes it doesn't actually make sense to go hyper discount. Sometimes it makes sense to focus more on this was this is your time to take care of uh, your family, remind them that you care. This is your time to take care of yourself and be good to yourself. Um, like what think a about weird who, concept. I know it's crazy. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's chaos right now, though. Does that does that change the way you think about messaging to a uh, business to consumer? Um, I, I, Again, like like everybody, I, th- I see a number of businesses out there that are um, struggling to um, continue providing even basic services to the to their normal customers. Now they have to deal with um, expanding their expanding their customer bases um, and going out and finding finding people who might not even knew they existed before. I'm going to say something kind of controversial, um, and I'm I'm expecting to be fought on this. If you're struggling to be <laughs> 
Uh, to, to be above water with your current operational load, it does not make sense to put yourself into the position where you're probably going to have a loss leader volume game that will tank your operations for, for Black Friday. It makes far more sense to take this time, really nurture your existing customers if, if, that, if that is um, your model, uh, or to, to look into what are my supply lines? Like if I'm struggling to, to, to fill these orders, why am I struggling to fill these orders? Is it, is it a shipping issue? Um, is it a product fulfillment issue? Like what's, what's going on? So if, if you are, are really struggling to, to fill your current infrastructure, opt out of Black Friday this year. Like send a note to all of your customers saying, uh, we love you, we support you, uh, we, we, we appreciate you. Um, thank you for being part of our community, like just to be top of mind, but don't opt into forcing a sale. Um, the only people that should really be opting into Black Friday are, are the folks that have the infrastructure ready to, to handle it. That's why I made that face when people, do, you don't have a plan now, well, <laughs> what, just, just take a pass on it this year, like do reconnaissance of what other people do and then be ready for next year. Start your plan now for next year. Okay, so let's take Black Friday out and just go holiday season as a whole, right? Like sure. I'm planning for the holiday season as a whole and well, you're not going to ignore the holiday season and, and you want some some good, let's, let's imagine our, our standard, you know, SMB just want some good steady growth um, year over year. Not I need Black Friday and I need to own this and I want to beat Amazon, right? But like, which I've heard but it's not going to happen. Sure. Um, you know, so what, what sort of, what, what strategies could they be using right now? Um, what areas should they be looking at to sort of fine tune a, a little more to, to sort of maximize any additional budget they might be putting in? Uh, I very strongly recommend looking at YouTube um, in terms of a, bl a blitz channel, um, TrueView with action, TrueView for shopping. Um, I've seen some tremendous value off of YouTube. Um, particularly since you can put in shopping feeds. So for those of you that are truly e-commerce, um, you can have a beautiful video that either you shoot or you have a, a partner that, that helps you shoot that. And then and you take the ideas that you've put into that YouTube campaign um, and maybe run a display campaign, $500,000 a month, Facebook campaign uh, to, to follow that up. Um, beyond the e-commerce-ish play, whether it's D2C, um, or, or e-commerce. Uh, if you're lead gen, um, I, I, I really do stand behind that idea of if you're not prepared for the, 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 the mass, nurture your existing. Like re really, really put content out there that's, that's designed to, to make clients feel good about being your customer. Um, and that, that's probably not satisfying because it's like, well, here's this channel and do this channel and do this, do this. Like sometimes it really makes sense to pare that down and focus on who you, who your real people are and, and amplify their value than it does to go get a whole bunch of new ones that you churn out in a month because you can't really support them. No, I mean, and that, that, that is genuinely, genuinely good advice. The only people I guess it doesn't really work for is if you don't have clients, um, <laughs> like if you're, if you're starting to build, but the holiday season is probably not the time to like be launching a, a brand. What I, I, we only have a, a couple minutes yeah. left here. 
2021. Like we've had a lot of change in paid search here in, in 2020. What do you think? Is it, is it going to be the same? Or is there big areas that we should watch for, for some um, changes happening? The biggest change, uh, and, and this is an interesting change, is that I actually don't think SMBs are going to... The business model for an SMB, unless you are a established SMB, um, they are going to probably be herded into ad platforms, uh, native solutions, smart shopping, uh, that, uh, what is it, the Profit Max that, that Google just announced, um, or Performance Max. Uh, I, I really do think the, the folks that it will make sense to manage accounts with, with how much control is being taken away are going to be more the medium to enterprise level folks. And, and the SMBs are now going to be either in, the, in an automated uh, function uh, or they're going to take advantage of, of tools that are more on the social side where there is still that level of control. The amount of control that we still have on the Google side for smaller campaigns, it, it's really been pared down. So the, what, I guess the, the biggest question to ask yourself as an SMB uh, do you want to pay, like, does it make sense for you and your business to pay 15, 20%? And I say this as an agency, 15 to 20% of your ad spend that might already only be $5,000 a month to an agency when that money could go into to reinforcing your business and getting you more leads. Um, particularly if you don't have those infrastructure uh, questions resolved. Um, that's that's kind of my biggest advice is really thinking about why do you need to manage it yourself? Um, and for those of you that are marketers, f go in-house or focus on, on medium to enterprise because I, I don't think that ad networks are going to let us control SMBs much longer. Okay, Nava, we're going to have to get out of here really soon. The studio studio's got another show coming up like directly after us on, on Webmaster Radio. But um, where can people um, hear you speak next or, or get in touch with you next? Sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be speaking at SMX Milan, um, eSummit SCJ in January. Um, I'm going to uh, be on this podcast, which, which I'm, I'm very, very excited about. Uh, you can always hit me up on Ask uh, the PPC, uh, the SEJ column. Uh, follow my puppies, uh, HK47 and Freya at uh, PPC Puppy on Instagram, uh, and you can always uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Always happy to help. Nava Hopkins, Director of Paid Media at Hennessy Digital. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on Webcology today, and we hope to have you back again really soon. Cheers, guys. Everyone, um, that's it. We've gone full clock again. We do this every week. Um, Dave, it's uh, you're speaking at you're speaking at State of Search next week, eh? Yeah, I'm, I have the pleasure of doing a fireside chat with Mr. Barry Schwartz. So I get to spend 40, 50 minutes just chatting with Barry about oh, all man. that is his contribution to the industry and all he's learned in it. I'm jealous of that. That is going to be so much fun. Hey, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies, who's going to be doing an amazing interview at State of Search next week with Barry Schwartz, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. On behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, you've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the 22nd of October, 2020. Friends, COVID's real. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't spread, don't sp uh, transmit or spread the virus. Don't touch your face. Keep distant from each other if you possibly can. Stay safe. Watch out for your neighbors. 
And uh, we'll be around here next week to, uh, to talk to you next week. Stay well. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.